This is the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich. Make yourself comfortable and fasten your seatbelt. Tom and his guests are about to share powerful stories, trade business building insights, and have a few laughs. Tom created this podcast to help you captivate prospects and inspire them to act so you can get more clients quickly and easily. That's what powerful storytelling is all about. That's what this podcast is all about. So let's get this party started. Here's your host, Tom Ruich. Hello and welcome to the Story Power Marketing Show. My name is Tom Ruich, and today's episode is called How to Get Prospects to See and Choose You. As always, I'll kick off today's episode with a quick story before introducing my guests. A few months ago, I met with a business coach who wanted help with his marketing. He helps his clients build confidence, become more focused, and get more done with less wheel spinning. When I asked him to describe his ideal client, he was stumped. So I rephrased the, uh, the request. Describe a client you've enjoyed working with, I suggested. I enjoyed them all, he said. They're all different. He said he didn't want to put himself in a box by describing an ideal client. I understood where he was coming from. I used to feel the same way. Describing an ideal client felt like narrowing my market. It felt like shrinking my prospect pool. And that scared me. But I got over it because I learned you'll attract more prospects when you change the way you see yourself and your brand. And you can't fully see yourself and establish your brand until you see your prospects. When you say you serve anyone or some huge undefined segment, such as business owners, you're not seeing prospects for who they are. So you can't see and define your place in the market, and they won't see you. My guests today, they get that. Tanya Eberhardt and Michael Carr are international best-selling authors, coaches, speakers, hosts of the Be Bold Branding Podcast, and partners in the agency Brandface. They have helped and inspired authors, podcasters, coaches, sales professionals, and business owners in five countries and 45 U.S. states to become an authority, out-market, and outsell their competitors through the power of personal branding. They understand that branding starts by defining your ideal customers and building from there. And their passion is unveiling inner stars. Their mantra, people don't do business with a logo, they do business with a person. Another of their favorite sayings, great branding doesn't change the way others see you, it changes the way you see yourself. Tanya Eberhardt, Michael Carr, welcome to the Story Power Marketing Show. Thank you, Tom. And thank you so much for having us. Yeah, very happy to have you. We've we've gotten to know each other a little bit in advance of this episode, and we absolutely see eye to eye on so much. And and let's start with this idea of of defining your ideal customer. Why is that so so critical? I alluded to it a little bit at the beginning, but let's hear it from your perspective. Well. 
Um, we believe it's kind of like uh, you're planning a vacation, right? You're standing at the door, you have two suitcases in your hand, but you don't know where you're going. <laughs> you don't know what clothes to pack. You just know, I want to go somewhere and I yeah. know it needs to be cool, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I don't know where. And that's really what it's like, you know, when you begin to market yourself and your business, first of all, how do you know where to market if you don't know who it is you're trying to attract and how do you know what to say in order to attract that person so everything really begins with who you're trying to attract mm -hmm. yeah and in, inherent in that idea how do you know what to say if you don't know whom you're talking to that in, in, unsaid in that is what you say should reflect back on the people you're saying it to it shouldn't be the, the people who don't get this are all me 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 i know what to say i know what i am i know what my product is i'm gonna talk about me 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 and people out there all the business owners all the all the people uh they'll hear it and they'll either buy or they won't what you're talking about is starting with knowing your customer knowing your prospect and building a messaging platform from there. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I, uh, we, we might get into our little background a little bit, but I'm in the real estate business and I actually hired Tanya uh, as a, to, as mark for marketing. I didn't know about branding at the time. And yeah. uh, she taught me this principle right off. She says, we have to figure out who your ideal customer was. And I was like, just like so many others, I want to deal with everybody. And yeah. she's like, you don't want to market to everybody. That's you. That's why everybody says marketing doesn't work. You know, yep. uh, you got to be branded first. You got to know who you're talking to. And yeah, uh, and you have a system. You call it the heap code. Mm -hmm. the heap code to to find your ideal customer um, mm -hmm. or to define your ideal customer. Tell us what heap stands for and and how to apply it. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's super simple. And uh, so the H in the heap, it's an acronym. And the H uh, starts with defining who you can help. Mm -hmm. So, and that can come as a result of the fact that maybe you've been where they are, mm -hmm. or you've worked with a lot of people like them, a lot of people with their types of needs, or, you know, in a specific area or genre of business. But who can you truly help and say that you do a better job than anybody else? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, beautiful. And then what's the E? The E is somebody that you enjoy working with because that is mm. so tantamount uh, to a future in whatever you're doing. If we don't enjoy it, number one, why should we do it? And I, you know, even if it doesn't matter how much money we make at it, if we don't enjoy doing it, we're not going to have any longevity um, and we're not going to love getting out of bed every day and doing what we do. So you have to look back at either people that you have worked with in the past and, and take that profile and say, these are the people that I enjoy working with. Or if you're brand new and you're starting off, imagining the people you would enjoy working with, the people you enjoy hanging out with, the people who have the same interests as you. So the E is, who will you enjoy working with? Yeah, it's a critical question. And when that coach said to me, oh, I enjoy them all, I thought to myself, mm. I didn't say it, but I thought to myself, <laughs> well, that's BS. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and uh, or, or you know, maybe it's true, but most people, especially people who have not defined their target market in any effective way, are going to have clients in the fold that they're not necessarily enjoying as much 
as others and being able to say what is it about the ones that i like who are they what industry they're in that's all part of this process that you're helping your clients through absolutely so that, that that brings us to the letter a Okay. Yeah. That one is someone who appreciates you and what you bring to the table. And that kind of goes hand in hand with the enjoyment, right? Because if somebody doesn't appreciate what you do, you're not going to enjoy working with them. Trust me. Right. <laughs> right? Um, and it, it needs to, you know, that the person that you're trying to attract and trying to please, if they appreciate you, that makes your job so much more enjoyable. And that's kind of why it links back to that. You know, it's not just about finding that personality of the person that is kind and, you know, easy to work with and enjoyable, but it's also, does this person appreciate me enough to refer me to somebody else? Yeah. Yeah. Critical idea. And what I really love about the E and the A here, the enjoy and the appreciate is there's an implied, you know, a mutual benefit, a 360 degree relationship that's so much different than that me, me, me person that we were talking about. Me, 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 my, 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 my product, buy it, transactional mindset as opposed to mutually beneficial relationship. I enjoy working with you. You enjoy working with me and appreciate me. We're going to have a nice ongoing relationship that's going to last and you're going to refer me and mm -hmm. everybody wins. So mm -hmm. that brings us to the P. What's the P in heap? Uh, it's profitable. Somebody that's profitable to you. That's, that's not a bad word, right? We, uh, there's yep. nothing wrong with making hordes of money. Uh, as long as your, your clients, your prospects, your customers are happy with what they received. If they receive uh, more value than when they perceived they paid for it, it doesn't matter what you charge for it. So uh, profit is a very, very, very wonderful word in business. And we need it to, to sustain ourselves and, and then do the things we enjoy also. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm so glad that you roll that into the model. Because when we talk about these things, sometimes it's like, well, duh, of course, profit. But, but no, that's, I know so many coaches, consultants, business owners who are afraid to talk about profit and who, who feel uncomfortable charging, raising their prices, all mm -hmm. these sorts of things. They, and, and, and that comes from sort of a servant mindset. They want to serve their clients. They want to provide value, but as you said, it just is, is critical. We're not doing this as a volunteer act. We're, mm -hmm. we're in business and we're trying to feed our family. We're trying to grow. We're trying to build a profitable enterprise. So let's repeat H-E-A-P, heap. Yep. Tell them, repeat okay. them all. Someone you can help. Yep. Someone you enjoy working with. Yep. Someone who appreciates what you do. And somebody that is profitable to you. Beautiful, beautiful. So you have identified your ideal customer. And now the question is, how do you build that personal brand? And, and you have another formula, you call it the 3D formula. And I talked about the first D in 3D in the story I told. So what's that first D? Yep. Define. That's yep. defined. That's where you're really looking at defining your ideal customer, number one. And number two, your point of differentiation. We have yeah. to define both of those because there are a lot of people who can say, I sell this widget or I have this course or I have this podcast or I provide this product. Um, but 
you have to tell how you're different in doing so. And yep. you have to be able to articulate that to the people you're trying to attract. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. So those two things are critical to begin with. Yeah. And, and the thing I like about how you frame that up is you put differentiate after define. So you can't talk about how you're different and better until you know again who you're serving, until you define them. So many business people will go out there and talk about my widgets are platinum instead of bronze coated, or <laughs> I have this feature or that feature and this makes me different and better. Well, different or better in what context? Different and, be and better mm -hmm. for who? And, and defining your target audience is what positions you to then say, well, for this audience, with this set of needs, here is why these things are better. So find the audience and then state the points of differentiation. I love it. What comes yeah, next? And, well, we oh, say, sorry, I like to add, if I could, uh, Tom, yeah. you know, we, we say, Tanya taught it to me, and then we, we teach it, uh, that better is so subjective. Uh, and sure. you, you touched on that just now when you said that. Yeah, you, better, better in what context? Like mm -hmm. how? So you're better what? Better this, better that. Um, and it still may not reach the person you're trying to talk to. Different is inarguable. If you can figure out that point of differentiation, uh, that then you can stand upon your own ground, set your own flag, if you will. Yep. And people know then what they're dealing with. It's so, so vitally important. Yeah. And when I work with my clients and get into this topic of differentiation and setting yourself apart from your competitors, I will always encourage them. They, they make some claim about, you know, a, a product feature outcome, whatever it might be. Well, what are you talking about in terms of what that will do, what that will, how that will serve your clients? How is that going to transform their life? Mm -hmm. And, and again, result. yeah, you can't answer the question unless you've defined who's going to be using the product or service and, and how it's going to serve them. So those two things go absolutely hand in hand. And, and uh, I love that. So moving on in 3D, what comes next? Uh, develop. Develop is very important because after you define and now you have a direction, you have the guardrails, if you will, uh, now you've got to develop the rest of the message. And the, the why uh, that you just alluded to, they, you have to, because, you know, we're only interested in how that, whatever that widget is affects us, the purchaser, us, the consumer, right? right. Um, you know, uh, for instance, with me and my real estate brand, I've been involved in over 78,000 real estate transactions. We, we say that in part of the defined phase, but in the development phase, we have to tell people why that even matters to them because yeah. that experience level might make somebody ask a question, but when they're looking, they're only interested in a home they want to buy. Right. Yeah. So it, we have to, in the development phase, start talking about this point of differentiation, why that is important to that ideal customer so we can talk to that ideal customer and that's where you're going to build out your uh your bio um uh, your your uh, message all your messaging you know your yep. your uh, spotlight sheet which is you know your brand at a glance um this is where you get your imagery right uh which has to tie in to with the same message that you're sending this is where you get your photos correct which we know that you know pictures worth a thousand words that it's got to match the thousand words you're describing in your bio 
bio and all your other messaging, uh, or people pick up that just something is just a miss here. Something is random. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's very random, and they don't they don't leave knowing what you want them to know, which is why yeah. they want to do business with you. Mm-hmm. You have to make all those components of the brand, those those puzzle pieces, if you will, that you create in the development phase. Those have to be purposeful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, well it thought makes- out. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. And it all, it all builds upon each step. So mm-hmm. you're defining your differentiate, you're differentiating, and then you're establishing the that next step and mm-hmm. connecting it back to those things that you've already established. And what, what's the third uh, part of 3D? It's display. So when you have defined, this is how, this is who you serve. This is how you serve them. This is what qualifies you to serve them. And you've created all the puzzle pieces that tell that story. Then you make sure you display that everywhere, everywhere, because the last thing you want, number one is inconsistency and no consistency, right? (laughs) So inconsistency means you don't want to have a different things in different places. Consistency means you want to put it out there consistently over and over and over again. So that's what we mean by display every possible place that you could market yourself, including right down to how you answer your phone, how you sign your emails, you know, how lots of different things in the marketing phases. And that's another one of those things, Tom, that that seems like, duh, but it wouldn't be a surprise to you. It might be surprised a lot of your listeners. If people don't do it, like it's unbelievable. They, they sort of, they, yep. oh yeah, we already yep. know that, put it everywhere. But then when you really start working with a client and you start looking everywhere, you're like, doesn't say it there. Doesn't say it there. Doesn't match right. there. Doesn't match there. And and it's very important that it does, because retention level to our cl- customers and our clients, no matter what you're selling, our service industry, our product, uh, they're bombarded, and you're trying to catch attention of people who are bombarded every second of every day with something shiny. Yeah. And uh, and that display has to be everywhere so it begins to work on their mind. Um, oh yeah, that's the guy with the platinum widget, you know. I've been yeah. wanting one of those widgets, right? <laughs> yeah. But it don't happen the first time they see it, you know. Absolutely not. And and there were a few things I wanted to highlight in what you said. Number one, the word display is not just about the visual qualities. We're not just talking about the logo, the color palette. You were talking about what goes in your email uh, signature. We're talking about the application of the words and the ideas, not just the colors and the logos and the font faces. That's all part of display. And that's a really important thing because some people will just lean into it oh the logo and how it looks is the top level thing (laughs) i think just the opposite you got to get the message right first and that's the other thing i wanted to highlight that you you know this this notion of display critical absolutely Mm -hmm. critical Mm -hmm. but it's not where you start and i know so many business people we're going to talk in a minute about branding and marketing mistakes that we want to avoid. I'll start that conversation by sharing a common mistake I see, which is people think about, all right, I'm starting a business or I'm I'm redefining my business. I have to do branding. And they start with 
all right, what's my logo going to look like? What's my uh, font right. face going to be? What's the color? What I want to I want to make the the appearance as if that's the most important thing. Now, that's probably the last part in the process. And that's why I like that being your third D, not your first D. Mm hmm. Yeah, your instinct yeah. is right. Yeah. Uh, people... Can I make my logo bigger? Right. <laughs> yeah. That's a question everybody hates to hear in the branding world. <laughs> yep. Tanya uh, yep. said a long time ago people don't do business with a logo, they do business with a person. Again, back to my expertise, uh, NAR, National Association of Realtors, did a study. 94% uh, of people that work with realtors could care less who their broker is. They don't mm -hmm. care, they care about the person they're working with. Right. And that's so it doesn't matter. Again, back to a product. Um, you know, people don't really care about your logo. They might say, hey, that's cool, right? But they don't say, hey, I want to buy because that's cool. They, yep. they buy out of that emotion that you create in your story. And that really gets the heart of what you mean by personal branding. The personal mm -hmm. branding is about who you are and how you relate with the prospect and mm -hmm. it's not about the the larger especially if you're part of a larger organization and company it's not about mm -hmm. that that larger organization it's about the personal personal connection so mistakes what we we've outlined a uh the the heap code we've outlined the 3d formula and what are some of the most common mistakes and gotchas that you see out there for business people who are trying to establish their brand, trying to get their business off the ground, trying to be noticed, trying to make those connections uh, that, that you're constantly helping them avoid, helping them correct? Well, the mother of them all yeah. is that they market, they try to market themselves before their brand is built. Yep. And there's a lot, a lot of confusion out there regarding this. And it's no wonder why, because you hear a lot of people say, uh, build your brand with us, build your brand, build your brand on YouTube, build your brand doing this. When you really get inside there, inside the program, they're really selling you a tool. They're not mm -hmm. building your brand. They're promoting your brand with that tool. You have yep. to build it first before mm -hmm. you can promote it. Yeah. So, so basically they're doing what we call spray and pray marketing, right? Yeah. Yep. You don't really have anything dialed in. You're just kind of spraying and praying and buying every shiny marketing tool out there. When what you really needed is to go back to the foul shots and the layups of basketball, mm -hmm. right? Go back to the fundamentals and build your brand first. And then you can dunk and you can do the alley-oops, right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Follow your shot. Right. I like it. <laughs> I like it. And and so in what you were saying, you were making a really critical distinction between what we call marketing and what we call branding. How do you define that distinction and boil it down? Yeah. Uh, well, marketing, let's, let's, even though branding is most important, let's put marketing first. Marketing is putting a message out there uh, to your ideal customer. Right. No matter where that is, if that's radio, if it's billboard, uh, podcasting, whatever it might be, uh, that is the message. your brand is the message. So you have to put the brand together first. So, you know, and then also in that defined phase of personal branding and building that out. Now, you know where because, you know, we have people ask us sometimes uh, some of our clients like, well, I don't want to run newspaper ads. Should I run newspaper ads? And we're first question we'll ask Tanya will ask is, uh, well, are your clients at the end of a newspaper? Because <laughs> people still read the newspaper. And if your ideal client is at the end of that newspaper, then absolutely you need to be wearing out the newspaper. We yeah. find less and less of that, but it doesn't mean that it's a sure. dead media. 
um, you know, radio. I use a lot of radio uh, because uh, people listen to the radio. And uh, but I have it dialed in. I do. I deal. I uh, my brand is dialed in, and then I market on radio stations where my ideal customers are listening. Yep. Right? And that's why I can look at my pie graph every month and say, look, 18% of our phone calls came from the radio. And I know what radio they were on. I know what who the listenership was. Uh, so marketing is putting your message out there. Branding is that message that you put mm -hmm. out there. Yeah, I love that. And I'm going to repeat it. You said it twice. So I know it's important. Branding is the message. It's how you present yourself. All the marketing that we're talking about is just the means by which you get the message to your market. Yes. And, and uh, it, it, it's such a critical idea. You, you slip something in that begs a really important question. You talked about your pie graphs. Pie graphs, what the heck are you talking about with pie graphs? And what's the bigger lesson in the fact that you're looking at pie graphs after you run some ads? Well, we, you know, I was, I've been a 30 year entrepreneur and yep. until I met Tanya, I fell in the camp of people who said that marketing doesn't work, but marketing is necessary. Yeah. Uh, I asked a guy one time worth uh, nearly a billion dollars. Uh, that's with a B. I said, well, how much should my size company be spending in marketing? His answer to me was all of it. Hmm. That's not much of an answer, right? Uh, because there's so many other things that you got to pay for inside of a company, right? Um, right? So Tanya came along and taught me about branding. I knew I wanted to look. I knew I wanted to feel. She she dialed in the rest of that and taught me that that is branding. The minute that I dialed in the branding, then I started tailoring the marketing to where my ideal customer was. The very next step is looking at your intel. Is it working? And when sometimes it doesn't, sometimes you put something out there for six months, maybe a year, uh, you don't, you look up, you haven't retained anything from it. Maybe you hit a break even position. So you didn't harm yourself, but you didn't help yourself. You can start to tailor that. Uh, when you look at those numbers and I like them in, I'm a visual guy. So I like them in bar graphs and pie graphs and things like that. So like my SEO team comes to me and says, okay, in the past three months, you know, X amount of your dollars, uh, in your calls, you know, conversions different, but X amount of your calls have come from social media, X amount from billboards, X amount from radio, X amount from newspaper. And then we can play with those and tailor that. And that's how I have a proven track record of a return on my investment everywhere and it changes everything because then when you have that person call your marketing department or if it's you if you're a one person shop or whatever they call you and hey, i got the greatest shiniest thing gonna make you millions of dollars you got millions millions you can start asking them okay where are you can you hit my ideal customer can can you get this message out uh mm -hmm. what is my contract time do i want to gamble six months or three months or you know i want an in and out type of advertising like um, google or facebook or things like that. Mm -hmm. It's only then after your branding is dialed in that you can really start reading the landscape. And once you can start reading a landscape, you can scale a business until that happens. You can't do it. Once you start reading the landscape, you can scale mm -hmm. a business. Thank you for saying that, Michael. <laughs> and, you know, and uh, again, doesn't matter if it's pie graph or a bar or a bar graph or, or a spreadsheet. What you're saying is know your numbers, pay attention to what the results are, track the activity, 
It's an investment that you're making. You you use yes. the term gamble a moment ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you're sometimes you're rolling the dice, but if you're not tracking, it's forever a gamble. It's you're, always you're, a gamble. You're, you're you're just you may as well just go play the slots. Yes, because uh, because you don't know if it's going to work or if it's if it's not. But if you pay attention to the numbers, you can understand what's working better than what's not. Mm-hmm. You can understand where should I invest more and where should I uh, divest. And all of a sudden, you're in a position to begin scaling the business. It's such a critical, critical idea. It is. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you have a book, you have a podcast. Tell us, uh, tell us about those. Yeah, so we've got, we've actually got a series of books that we started out as just brand face for business owners. And then when Michael came along, and I saw how well he did in the real estate space, and how real estate is just kind of leaning into that brand face um, kind of uh, mentality anyway, their faces already on their signage and their business cards and things like that. And saw how so many of them were at a loss for actually how to do it. Um, that became a focus for us. So we came, we did brand face for real estate professionals, then brand face for entrepreneurs. And we have another co-author that we um, co-authored brand face for home improvement professionals. So yes. I'll, so, so the, the reality is any, it doesn't really matter what the industry is. The pr- personal branding principles are exactly the same. Mm-hmm. So our ideal customers are those business owners and entrepreneurs who want to be the face of their business, that recognizable entity, and they're willing to take on what that means to them as well. Mm. Um, They're willing to be that face to not only the people they're trying to hire, but to their community as well and serve the greater good of the community. And so um, we, our two most prominent uh, ideal customers are real estate, and then um, uh, speakers, authors, podcasters, coaches, and consultants. And we yeah. kind of lump those all into one category because usually you're not just one. If you have a podcast, mm-hmm. you're usually a coach. You you know you have some type of a program, or you're an author, or you're a speaker, or all of those things. Yeah. So those are our two ideals. Yeah, yeah. beautiful. And our podcast, uh, Be Bold Branding, uh, does a lot like what what you do. We try to help people bring them value, uh, just like you. And we hope you'll be a guest on ours, too, and and bring your knowledge of it, because we do have such a synergy uh, in the thought process of how storytelling and messaging is so vitally important. Um, and, uh, and we help those, those listeners to build their businesses, whether they're, you know, one man shop, not all of our clients want to build an empire. You know, a lot of our clients, uh, just want to make more money working smarter, uh, not harder. Um, and that's, that fits just as well as the person that says, I do want to build an empire, you know, right. um, right. but an empire is no good to you if it costs you a thousand woes to hold on to it, you know, and if it's built right, then, uh, you, you can scale it. And it all starts with that brand. Yeah. And, and so bold, that word bold, don't have to build an empire. What does bold look like for that coach, consultant, speaker, mm-hmm. real estate person who's not trying to, to take over the world, but wants to profit, wants mm-hmm. to grow business? What's the difference between bold and not bold? Oh, that's a good question. That's a great question. And I would say one thing, differentiation. 
Mm-hmm. It really is. It's somebody that is willing to say, I'm different from everybody else. And I'll tell you where that came from, Thomas, because we have a lot of people, you know, when they're on the phone with our team and learning more about brand face and whether they want to become a brand face, they'll almost always ask the question, well, can you send me some, you know, can you send me some examples of somebody you've branded in my space or in my area? And immediately I cringe. (laughs) And that's because we as human beings tend to want to look at what other people are doing to get ideas on how we feel like we should brand ourselves. Well, it just makes my skin crawl a little bit, you know, because I want to say to them, look, you came here to be different. We're going Mm -hmm. to make you different. If you like a certain font, for a logo. That's really what they're looking for is they're looking to see if you do good graphic design for your clients and they're looking to see what their logos look like. Right. But as you so, um, uh, intelligently articulated, <laughs> the logo is not one of the major parts of a brand. It is an important part of the brand, but it is not the differentiator in your brand. Mm-hmm. So, so those are the things that that's how I would define bold is being willing and excited, enthusiastic about being different. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's a challenge, I think, for so many business people, because you know, we all see the braggy, big shot bro marketers out there who are standing in front of their Ferraris with a handful of money. Look at me, look at me, look at me. And, and that turns us off. We've all dealt with the, uh, the used car salesman and and no offense to all the great used car salesmen people I know out there, but, uh, the stereo people understand the stereotype. Oh, yes. Oh, they <laughs> bring it up. And, and, and so I think what happens is that a lot of people are resistant to this idea of stepping up, entering the market with broad shoulders, being proud of what they do, articulating what makes them special because they don't want to come off as that braggy big shot. And so <laughs> we do a, hear that a lot. We do. Yeah. Yeah. So how we, do you, how do you answer that? Well, we say we build brands and when we build a brand, it's not about look at me, look at me. It's about look at what I can do for you. Yeah. Look at how I can help. You have to approach it that way. You have to be proud of what it is that you can. Everybody says, I want to help people. Why do you do what you I want to help people. Do you? If you really do, then be proud of that. Stand up. Like you said, I like that. Brought shoulders back, head high. This is what I do. And people will, they will be attracted to that. They, they, they will be. And speaking, I've got to point this out. Uh, Speaking of car dealers, uh, because I'm in that industry a little bit. I grew up in that industry. Um, There is uh, at one of my uh, buddies owns a a big dealership. It's a second or sometimes the first uh, every quarter in the Toyota business in the state of Georgia. He has a salesman and his salesman's brand is the best dressed salesman. That's his brand. That's it. And he literally is the best dressed salesman. And he doesn't even have his name on this card. When he passes it out, he's like, just come to the dealership. Ask for the best dressed salesman. And they, they, and you can pick him out of a lineup. This guy's uh-huh. dapper every day. He might have a hat on. It's 100 degrees outside in the middle of July. And he's got on a three-piece. Like, he is to the nines every day. And he's always on the it. leaderboard. He's always on the leaderboard. Number one, number two at that dealership. So, yeah. you know, it works. Uh, put it out there proud and, and be bold. He's not trying to own a dealership or multiple dealerships. He's just killing it in the space he's in, uh, being the best dressed salesman. That's awesome. Yeah, and the last the last time I had a client of mine sort of 
express that doubt and that hesitation. I said, well, the, the best place for you to start is just go and collect some testimonials. Remind yourself that it's about mm. your client's experience. That's good. If, and if, as you get that, you know, what they're saying about how you serve them will remind you that, hey, this is this why you do it. Just about me. This is why I do it. This is how I do it. This is why I'm better than the others who are doing it. And mm -hmm. so it, 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 for any of you who are listening, who are reluctant to put yourself out there, who don't want to come off as the big braggy, uh, big shot, remember that you're, you're doing this for your clients. That's why we define mm -hmm. the target market. We define the ideal customer first, because we're focused on them, not on us. So start there, start with the testimonials, follow this advice and these formulas that, that, uh, Mike, that Michael and Tanya have shared, and it's going to take you far. So tell us where people can find the book, where they can find the podcast, where they can find your website, share with us all that, that stuff and anything that uh, um, you might want to offer our audience as a next step to get to know you and, and uh, take the first step with you. Absolutely. We'll make it super simple. You can find the books, you can get free training, you can learn about us and, and you can most importantly see and hear from some of the clients that we have helped at brandfacestar.com, brandfacestar.com. And if you're somebody who's sitting there thinking, okay, I know my brand's in trouble. I know I need some help. I've been doing it all wrong and you're just ready to have that conversation. Go to discussyourbrand.com. We'll shoot you straight to the front of the line and get you on a phone call. Beautiful, beautiful. Michael, Tanya, any parting thoughts before we call it a day? You okay, first. okay, I'll go first. Ah. Um, you know, I, I do believe that my superpower, if you will, is helping people unveil their inner stars. Mm. And I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, where I grew up. Um, I grew up in a small town. I was surrounded by alcoholism and addiction, you know, and throughout my family. And I realized at some point that um, sometimes the only difference between a young person waiting on the next drug deal and a young person going off to college with a bright future is truly self-worth. It's knowing what makes them special and how they contribute to the world. Um, and I feel like that's really at the end of the day, at the core of what we do, that's what Brandface is about. Yep. I mm -hmm. love it. Everybody yeah. has that star inside of them. They Absolutely, Absolutely. They do. There's no question. Yep. And they have something unique and special to offer. And, and my advice is be bolder than you think you can be about it. Cause it's the one thing, the only thing I would change about my life. Looking back, I'd have been a lot bolder, a lot faster. Yep. I love that advice. I love this conversation. I look forward to more conversations. I will see you on your podcast. Uh, We're looking awesome. forward to it. Yep. Tanya Aberhart, Michael Carr, thank you so much for spending time with us today. We'll see you down the road. Thanks for listening to the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich. If you liked what you heard today, visit storypowermarketing.com slash resources, where you can sign up for Tom's entertaining, informative, must-read emails, download free business building resources, 
and discover other opportunities to help you harness the power of storytelling. That's storypowermarketing.com slash resources to help you captivate prospects, inspire them to act, and grow your business with greater ease and joy. Also, please remember to subscribe to the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich and review it on iTunes or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.